Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. hyper right now yeah, your eyes are watering with manic because you had uh taping today i had a callback that's um, why you look like this that's why i look like a, ho- a demented housewife a lady president <laughs> oh is that what you meant to look like no i was meant to look like a demented housewife absolutely yep and um this jack-in-the-box oreo shake isn't helping my sugar. hyper levels your eyelashes look so nice <laughs> It's actually stressing me out. <laughs> My eyelashes with these fakes look like what yours look like all the time. Oh, for God's sake. It's so annoying. Don't be ridiculous. Well, it feels like I haven't seen you in a month because we did a remote recording last week. Last week was about home. Yeah. And we asked people to write in and tell us about their homes. Yeah. And about their routines. Yeah. And we got did. some amazing things. And we shared them. We made a highlight on the Instagram page. If yeah. anybody wants to go and have a look. Thank you, everyone, for interacting with us. Yeah, I got some really great new ideas. Did you? Yeah. Can't remember any of them right now, but I did. I loved <laughs> everything. Are you going to talk about staying in this house? Yeah, we can talk about that. After we put that podcast out last week about home and I talked about leaving and everything, I kind of listened back and realised I wasn't exactly quite ready yet. And again, it's just me forcing myself into a situation. And obviously I said to you that's the financial implications of it, mostly that are pushing me to leave. If it wasn't that, I wouldn't be rushing out. So I think what I'm going to do is a couple of friends are going to come and move in until the end of the lease, which is in a few months. And that gives me time to kind of trickle out and maybe they'll take over because they love it here and they're musicians Mm -hmm. and it means as much to them as it, I mean, I mean, it's different, but it means a huge amount to them as well. So you're staying yeah for for a little bit longer that's great and it gives me time to build the she shed and it gives me it just gives me time time so that the house isn't ripped away and then i don't have a space and that's what started freaking me out was that i was thinking to myself okay so the house goes and then where is my personal space well there there wouldn't be one Mm -hmm. Um, and that and that really began to make me feel a bit freaked out. So, so this works for all of us. The friends that are moving in need a few months to figure out what their next moves are as well because they were all intertwined with Max and Ryan. One of them was being managed by Ryan. You know, they were both being produced by Max and their projects were being developed by Max. So we're all kind of in this limbo phase right now. So I think it makes sense for us all to kind of hunker down and kind of figure out what's happening next well i'm happy because my piano's here so yeah <laughs> yeah i don't have to put it gives in storage you, yet. yeah it gives you a few months to yeah to do that 
Um, so that's been interesting and it was in the back of my mind as an idea and it was something that we had all talked about and joked about but then this week we kind of thought yeah it, we're, we're talking about it we, we want to do it so why don't we we just do it there's no reason not to do it mm-hmm. well I'm glad you'll have that extra time yes. to get used to the idea of leaving yeah very much so and also I like it because the room the rumpus room is gonna be my friend's room so it makes me have to start Right. And it gives me a focus of where to start so I can practice ah. disassembling. Yeah, you can disassemble that, that one room. room. And it gets me used to it. And that's also good because that wasn't any of uh, Ryan's stuff in there. Yeah, exactly. It's all mine. And so, yeah, it just feels good. It feels the right thing to do. And it just makes me go, okay, good. I can get my head around this. Good. I feel better too. I felt like I was tumbling downhill or something. I don't know why I feel better, but that makes me feel better too. Well, losing, yeah. Bouncing off of trees and going, oh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I was trying to figure out how to be. Anything exciting happened this week? No. Uh, great. No, nothing. Been really, really. Great. See you guys next week. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, actually, one good thing that I did this week that felt like progress, as well as making a decision about the house, was I saw one of Ryan's artists and her manager. I saw Fosia and her manager, Tim, and they were dear, dear friends too. Fosia's amazing. Fosia she just is amazing. did yeah. that duet with John Legend. Yeah, and they dedicated the video to Ryan, which yes. was really, really It was called Minefields. Yeah. That's an amazing song. If you guys haven't heard it yet, we'll, we'll post the link to the video, but it's called Minefields. Now this might be a mistake that I'm calling you the slate But these dreams I have of you ain't real enough Started bringing up the past How the things you love don't last Even though this isn't fair for both of us Ooh, maybe I'm just a fool I still belong with you dedicated it to Ryan and they put a link for the Harmony Project which is the uh, charity that we chose to honour Ryan with who serve underprivileged children in Los Angeles and other places to provide them with music education Incredible. so they raised a huge amount of money through that video for the Harmony Project so obviously really really pleased about that and they're just good people so you saw her i saw her and it it was so interesting i really wanted to see her and she's one of my favorite people that i've known through ryan and i wanted to do it i committed to it i'm much better if i commit ahead of time with plans Mm -hmm. if if i've realized if it's like okay let's check in on wednesday i'll hide from it and i won't check in Mm. and i'll just hermit or cocoon uh, is more more what it is and so I made the plan with her and I knew she was coming from Canada so I couldn't dilly dally around and even up until truly the hour before I was 
trying to rationalize with myself why I should bail. I know, you texted me. Yeah. And I wanted to bail so badly and hide away. And I didn't, I went, I could just hear Ryan. As though I could feel him pushing me. (laughs) It was like I could feel his hand on my back pushing me. And I'm really glad I went. And it was really, really good to connect with them. And, you know, it was really emotional. Mm. Really, really emotional. Was that the first time you'd seen her since Ryan died? It is the first time I've seen her, yeah. And it's the first time I've seen anyone from Ryan's work life. So that's been weighing on me as well because he had such a huge life for those of you who don't know ryan was in the music business yeah so ryan ryan worked at atlantic records and that's how he and i met because he was my product manager on my record that i put out there and that's how we met and fall in love and um so yeah so so he had many artists that he worked with and he knew people you know all over the world all over every coast every everything and his net was spread really really wide so as a result of that his network is huge and there are so many people for me to connect with and check in with that at times it feels so overwhelming I don't know where to start so I felt like I started this week and it wasn't so bad it wasn't so scary it was a gentle loving kind nurturing experience which has made me feel as though I can face more people Mm -hmm. and make the connections that I want to make with Ryan Ryan's dear dear friends who who he loved who he worked with and for many years since he was a boy basically yeah you know and I want those people in my life and I want to be connected with them it just feels scary so so now I've broken that seal and that was really really good and I think it made me realize that I'm still carrying massive feelings of humiliation really why yeah the whole thing just feels humiliating to me. I don't know. I feel, I talked about it in therapy this week and. How is even old Jeff? F- even, oh, Jeff, he's good. God, I love him. And uh, what am I going to do when he dies? I think about it all the time. All right. <laughs> is Raddy still alive? She is. I don't, we don't know how, but she is, yeah. Jesus. Uh, but basically so. the humiliation and. Vulnerability. Why humiliation? I don't understand. I don't know. I just feel. I don't know. I can't exactly explain it to you. It's. It feels so vulnerable. The whole thing that I feel so exposed and so. Like as though people are. Looking at me, going, oh God! Like pitying you. In a way, but I don't. I don't really connect with that whole thing about not wanting to be pitied. It's more of a. It's a rawness feeling of feeling exposed and feeling as though God, people must be thinking, what a disaster or something. Mm. And you know, I had my life was so crazy before, and then I got this life sorted and was on a track and on a path and settling down and now this happens and this I feel yeah humiliated in some way I don't know Mm. just I don't know um anyways and Jeff just said to me uh what did he say well he just said that's your ego you know no one's thinking that no one's thinking oh what a fool she is Mm -hmm. and then the other feeling I had was 
which I realised when I was with Fozzie and Tim, was wanting to protect everyone. That feeling coming up again of me just wanting to protect Fozia and she's young, you know, she's 20 and I just started crying saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, you know, Ryan didn't didn't want, would never have wanted this and I just don't want you to have, be exposed to this and I wish I could usher everyone away from this situation. But I can't any more than anyone can for me. You know, it's a protective feeling, it's a... And as a wife as well, I, I want to tidy it up for him ah. and make it all better for him. It's mm. a, it, he, He's made a mess. It's not his fault. It was an accident. But as his wife, I, I want to make it all better for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can't. And everyone else. And everyone else, and I can't. I want to protect him by protecting them from the and unsightly what, situation. What you did Fozia say to you? She just cried and held me and said, "I no one is expecting that from you and 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 we're okay. This is life. This is what happens in life. So it was nice to hear her say that because she is young and, you know, she's so pure. She's a very pure, pure person in the true sense of mm. the word. A good, very good person. And... So everything she said to me brought my anxieties mm-hmm. down. Yeah. About all of it. So it was really positive. It was heavy. Yeah. But it was positive. And a bird pooed on us. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> always tells you that uh, you're on the right. Yeah. Ryan checking in. That's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> really? Can I not just have this moment in private? Do I need to get shit on as well? Did you both get shit on or just one of you? We both got shit on. Oh. It was sprayed. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so that was my week. But anyway, I'm much more interested in talking about you, quite frankly, this week. My week. Because week and then also (laughs) last weekend. And uh, you did a... You perform at a mass every year. I perform at a, at, at a church service every year. A private? On a private island. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds insane, but how do I say this simply? My family's very involved with the Channel Islands yeah. of California. Yeah. Catalina is the most well-known. Mm-hmm. There's eight of them. Have you ever been? I went to Anacapa. You did? Yeah. Nobody goes to Anacapa. How did you go to Anacapa? Well, because I went, I was at surf camp for many okay. years. I would come to Santa Barbara as a child and go to surf camp. And they would take you over? And we went over one time. No, that was when I was at aqua camp. Uh-huh. So I did surf camp when I got a bit older, but when I was younger, I did aqua camp. So we went to Anacapa. Wow. To the kelp forest yeah. that was sitting did there. Did you go in the water? And we got to go in. Oh, uh, hell no. I know, we went in and I remember swimming through the kelp and being so excited but spooked out it's like there could be anything around the corner oh, I hate but I, the ocean. it honestly felt i felt like i was ariel in the goddamn little mermaid i was living for it swimming <laughs> through kelp maybe i'm gonna maybe a seal's gonna come up to me an otter oh God. i loved it Freezing so cold. have you even been to catalina I've been to none. That's hilarious that of all the islands you would have been to anacapa that is the most remote island most people have been to Catalina. Anyway, there's eight of these islands that go up the coast of California. My godmother is the president of the Channel Islands Foundation. 
And my dad is the president of the board of One Island in particular. And I'm getting ready to take over one day. So I'm learning the ropes and starting to attend meetings and get involved with this and that. And there's nothing on this island except a ranch in the middle with a little chapel. Mm -hmm. And my parents were married there and I was baptized in this chapel. The chapel was built in the late 1800s. And every May 3rd, there is a Catholic holiday called the Feast of the Holy Cross. I think it is. And for the past 60 years, without fail, they have had a church service in the chapel to keep it consecrated. And for the last 30 years, my dad has done the music for the service. And for the last 10 years, I've done the music with him. Yeah. So... It's even built into his touring schedule that this date yeah, has, has to be to free. Be available, yeah. And so we did. I usually what types of people go to this event? Uh, bazillionaires. <laughs> so this is okay. So as an outsider, I'm seeing you go off to this island in a helicopter. In a helicopter to do a, a religious ceremony with some elites, and I'm thinking, <laughs> my mind is going. To all my favorite places. You know, I'm thinking Illuminati. I'm thinking cult. I'm thinking human sacrifices. I'm thinking, is there magic (laughs) happening? I'm thinking, you know, my mind is going there. No, it's a lovely bunch of people. It's many people that are scientists and... Oh, archaeologists, um, professors... People in the entertainment industry. How many? Well, usually there's 200 people that attend. Okay. This year, because of COVID, Mm -hmm. there was only a handful of people. It was very, very private. Basically just to keep the church consecrated. So it was the... Only the cream of the the cream. It was the the innermost sanctum this year. And... My, I am going to grill you about I know. Church. I don't have any dirt for <laughs> when it. When I'm not recording, I'm going to go in so hard on you and you can't leave this house. It's until not as juicy everything. as you'd like it to be. Aside from the Illuminati thing aside that you're completely that, making up yourself. Yeah, aside from that, in my mind, you are a member of the Illuminati and right. that's what the service is every year. Yeah. Really, what I want to talk about is what the fuck happened with your dad? Because... <laughs> Um, Yeah, so this year was interesting because I hadn't seen my father in a while. And there were some things that we needed to chit-chat about. And so... It made made for an interesting time. But it ties in with what I wanted to talk about. No, 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 I'm going to tell you. I'm okay. just saying it, t- okay. it ties in with what I wanted to talk about this okay, week great. with you anyway. I thought we were just already going... Just brushing past. <laughs> like, just no. glossing over that one. Well, it brings me to this. There's a quote I heard recently that's been on my mind. It goes like this. Over-explaining yourself comes from a deep fear of abandonment. The thing that got me thinking about that quote is actually the podcast because I'd listen back and I'd hear myself and you know, we all hate to hear ourselves speak. Uh Yeah. It's painful. 
But what I would hear in myself is that I over explain everything. I'll say one thing five ways. Right. And I couldn't understand what that exactly was until I read that quote, over explaining yourself comes from a deep fear of abandonment. And I thought, huh, I want to, I want to work, I want to work on that. I want to look at that. I want to observe that in my life. So when I got to the island and I saw my dad for the first time in a long time, I felt all this stuff come up. I'm sure. Yeah. Of wanting to over explain myself and kind of fall into him because what I've always done is taken on all of his energy and tried to fix him, mm. tried to make him okay, try to save him. Mm. And I have done a lot of work on that. And this was the first time seeing him since then. Right. So it almost felt like a test yes. that I had to pass. Yeah, it was. And I had to lay off myself and go, no one's grading you. Yeah. Just do your best mm -hmm. and see what happens. And I felt it start and I would just start to over explain and I'd, and I'd have to catch myself and go, nope, no, boundaries. We're not doing that. Mm -hmm. You're not going there. And I did it so much that by the end of the two days, I've been in bed. Yeah, you exhausted. <laughs> for four days. Yeah. I was so mentally and emotionally exhausted yeah. from having to Yeah, I mean it's the it's the race that you were preparing for for the last few months. And Yeah, and I felt I, I faltered a couple times of and course. I got ashamed of myself and I got really down on myself. And then I just had to keep reminding myself. And you had called me the day before I went and really gave me a wonderful pep talk just about remembering my own power. And it was in my brain. It really yeah. helped me. So I would catch myself and pull myself back and get myself on. It was almost like, <laughs> this is a really weird image that just came to my mind. You know, on the iPhone where you have the panoramic yeah, and you have to like yeah. take it all the way around and you have to keep the arrow on the line. Yeah, yeah. I would like go way Whoa. down under the line and I have to bring it back <laughs> yeah. up and get it on the line again. It's exhausting after a while. Yeah. To stay on that straight line for yourself. It's exhausting to put your work to practice and be tested so intensely over a 24 hour period. Because there was like no one that. else there. It so was just there. us in a cabin. But also in that, in you being so present in that, realizing truly deeply how much you've been doing that and for how long and you know you mean how long i've been having no boundaries yeah and yeah. how long you've been doing that <laughs> i have to save you thing help with you your, uh, save. And, and also so save you help you and also make you love me that's yeah and be perfect with, thing and with your over explain is, myself yeah that's so over how many ways thing. can i say it so that one of the ways i'm gonna say it you're gonna get it and then you're gonna love me that's it annabelle that's the over explaining yes because when i'm speaking and repeating myself in different versions of the same thing if there's a pause say for instance on our podcast and you're looking at me 
I'll fill that pause with, you know, because I looking want for, that yeah. feedback. Yeah. And there's another quote that goes with this one that also helps. It says, normalize this. I'm not looking for feedback. Yeah. I'm not looking for feedback and I don't need to over explain myself. No. I'm fine the way I am. Yeah. So this podcast, selfishly, for me, I was really excited, especially this week, to practice this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the joy of this podcast. That yeah. The uh, selfish reasons for doing it is week after week, we get to come back and dive deeper into these things. And hopefully everyone listening goes along for that journey themselves. Yeah, yeah I mean, you and these I these are universal always, things. You and I are always texting each other after the edit and going, God, <laughs> that thing that I do is so annoying. Or that thing that I say, you know, the other week when I was... When I realized how much in that episode I kept saying like all you the time. You lost your mind about I your likes. I was mortified. I was so embarrassed. You almost canceled the whole podcast. I was canceled my life. Not I, just that episode. I mean the entire yeah, podcast. I just wanted it to end. <laughs> so, you know, and we have those things. We have those things and we learn a lot from doing this. And I think that it's really good, like you said, to put things into practice. And, and you do need to practice that. Mm-hmm. It's something that can only be learned, unfortunately, as you've just experienced, by doing it in the situation and becoming exhausted by it mm-hmm. until you master it. Mm-hmm. And there was no one else around. And every time you had to do it, it was a reminder to yourself that you've been doing this your whole life. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure there's shame attached to that and there's pain attached to that because why have I had to do this my whole life? Why can't I just be good enough for my dad the way I am? Why can't you? You know, this whole thing. Of course it's fucking exhausting. Of course you've been in bed. But I couldn't be in bed because I had this massive audition. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so that brings me to another point about this over-explaining yourself thing. No accidents. Very interesting that overlapping the island trip, I've had this series of auditions for this one television job that I'm hopefully going to get. And and it showed me why I love acting and why I gravitated towards it when I was little, I think, is because as an actor, I have a script. I have words that have been written for me. So I don't need to over-explain myself. Yeah. So it deactivates that chip that's in my brain. And it's a relief. It feels like freedom. It's Mm. a safe place for me to just be. Yeah. Wow. Most people, I think, probably have the opposite experience of acting where they get to escape you know, into yeah. another thing, but it's no. For me, it's about being present with myself yeah. in a way where I don't need any validation. Okay, so okay, so let's go back to the no. <laughs> come on, because we we went off on this tangent. Okay, so you get so the start of the trip is. Wait, let's go back to the very beginning. Okay, so I'll 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 tell as much as I can as you can, yeah. So you, there was a bit of a misunderstanding at the beginning, which has been happening to both of us, where you thought that, well, it was 
maybe that you were going to have to be vaccinated to attend. Yeah, the jab. (laughs) The shot in the arm. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. So there's something happened with the shot in the arm where basically, oh, this is so hard to say. Here's the bottom line. I don't feel that the COVID shot in the arm is right for me personally. Yeah. And I'm choosing not to get it. Yeah. I have been nothing but bullied since I made yeah. that decision. Yeah. It's really interesting. By multiple people. Yeah. I get a lot of flack for it for as well. As well. Because I'm not ready to, to take the vaccine just yet. It's not because I don't believe that it can work. No. I completely. That I don't believe that it's going to be a great tool. But personally, for me intuitively I or instinctively my reaction is I don't know what the long-term effects of this are and nobody does and for that reason I don't feel comfortable just yet getting it I want to get the vaccine and I want to be vaccinated I have all of my other vaccinations Mm -hmm. can I just say um I don't I'm missing a few (laughs) (laughs) but you know and here's the thing I I really resent so much being treated like I'm crazy that I'm some anti-science anti-vaxxer crazy person because I'm saying I'm going to practice the CDC guidelines we've had up until this point Mm -hmm. as I have been for the last year. And when I know what the long-term effects of the vaccine are, then I will take the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to be a part of an experiment. And I'm not saying that to be salacious or dramatic or anything. There is no other situation in which I would go off to the doctor for something Mm -hmm. and the doctor would say to me, there's this shot I can give you. We're not really sure about what's going to happen long term with it, but so far it seems fine. And only eight people under 30 have had brain clots. Or, you know, or whatever. (laughs) You know, I don't... I don't, I don't know all that stuff. I know that the number, it's equivalent to blah, 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 blah. You know, we all know the fact, the, the facts that we read, the facts that we read the in the, facts, new, in the yes, newspaper or whatever, the data that, that is, is given to us. But as we've also learned for the last year, the data changes constantly. Well, vaccines are a guessing game. They're just trying to get as close to it as they can, exactly. but they and don't know how to hit it head on. People have to take the vaccine in order for us to know, but here... If I was, if I knew I wasn't going to have children, which I don't, I may want to have children. And I'm about to think about that. Yeah. Which is all the more reason for me to make up my own mind. Thank you very much. Until we know. I don't know if I'm going to have children yet. Uh, If I was in my 40s or above, uh, if I was at risk, if I was all of those things, I would take the risk of getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I see the vaccine as a risk, as much of as a risk as COVID. I see it as more of a risk than COVID at this point for our age group. So, and for for your for our health and all of those kinds of things, we are young, healthy people, and 
if I was all of those things, I would, I've encouraged my mother to get it, my sister, and I'm like, great, I'm mm-hmm. so glad that you've got it. Me too. I want them protected if if it protect if we, if it does its job, you know, and it's showing that it's stopping people from going to the ICU and, and it stopping. it makes people feel better. It makes people feel so much better and safer and it means that we can open up and it, all of those things. Anyone who's older, anyone who doesn't want to have kids or isn't having, you know, all of those things. If you're disabled, if you're at risk... That's what it's meant for. Go get the bloody vaccine. I want people to do what they want to do. Me too. But Lucy, can I just ask you, is it my body and my choice or not? I believe it is. And I believe that ties back to our Live and Let Live episode. Don't tell me my body, my choice, if I want to get an abortion or not. And then turn around in a situation like this and tell me it's not my body, my choice. You're either for that mm-hmm. or you're not mm-hmm. and i'm not discouraging people i'm not saying it's bad i'm not saying i have no judgment towards it i want people to get it it's if it's their right body them, their choice their body their choice i just don't want to be treated like i'm crazy because i don't want to try an experimental medication exactly exactly and it i had five instances this week in one mm. week where i was bullied about it Who's to be made to feel crazy. like a like a selfish evil uh, just killer and it's not okay it's, it's not it's, so it's not an okay question to ask me and it's not okay to widen your eyes and gasp when you, I tell so you I'm not. You don't. You don't think it's appropriate for someone to ask you about the vaccine? Not at all. Oh, interesting. Okay, I don't. I don't feel that way, but I can understand that that it would. I mean, no, no. Here's what no I mean. Other thing no. I would ask. I'd never ask somebody about medicine. No, it's fine. It's fine to ask. But here's what they've done. They haven't asked me. They've gone. So, when are you getting vaccinated? <laughs> yeah, 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 have yeah, you, yeah. Have you been vaccinated <laughs> yeah, yet? Yeah. And, um, and I go, no, I'm choosing to not get vaccinated. And they go, what? Yeah. And then it starts. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. The con- the question's fine. Yeah. Are you getting vaccinated? But it's not, they're not asking that. They're I assuming that you are. You. I think, I don't even think it's an assumption. I think there's this really interesting tone with people. It's, it is a tone. Where it's, like you said... So when are you, have you, or there's always a little extra little thing in the statement that is. Have you done your duty? Your civic duty. Have you done your duty to your and, fellow people? And, and then it or goes. Or thing about science. Uh, that's the one I get a lot is like, yay for science or thank God for science. I just know from what I've seen and what I'm reading and, and the choices I've made for my whole life about my health. That this doesn't, me rushing to try this vaccine doesn't align with those choices. I've never had a flu jab either. I haven't either. So, and I was raised homeopathically and I was born with no drugs at home. So, this is completely in line with my life. It's in line with your life and your beliefs and all of this. And I guarantee I've already had COVID because I was in every major airport this year. Yeah, I (laughs) I mean, you may have done, you may have had COVID and. You know, as you as you know, I believe that I've had COVID as well. Really, I had I had that illness, yeah. and I was ne- I haven't been the same. Many since. people were sick the January before mm-hmm. it was announced in March, or whatever. you know. And so, 
it's not like I'm saying COVID isn't real or I don't believe in vaccines. Of course it's real. And, and of I course don't, the vaccine know, is great. And Everybody hate, get it if you want it. I hate that that's how I'm labeled for just saying I want to wait. It's it's so frustrating to me. We've we've commented as we were talking about in that one episode where where your mum said we're going too spicy for our own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That um it's sort of along those lines of of everything becoming so black and white and puritanical and there's something really spooky to me about even on Instagram seeing everyone flashing their vaccine cards and like you know, showing their things. I did my that, duty. I'm did a good my, girl. I'm, I'm a good boy. You know, the check-in, the vaccine check-ins and then the the thing that they have in Instagram, you know, you can swipe up and put pictures and gifts and all of those things on your... It There is something in me that is haunted by the fact that we're... There's all of this vaccine propaganda. Me too. And it's... There's billboards now. Have you done your part? Everything. And, it, and it's not because I don't believe. It's... Any propaganda of any kind towards anything immediately makes my instincts go. This is our live and let live episode. It's yeah. exactly, we gave a hundred other examples of it. Yeah. People just going along with the crowd and posting everything without knowing what they're really even getting saying. put in their bodies. I don't know. I don't, no. Yeah. I mean, and I've seen people go on there as well and say, I really didn't want to do this. Uh, mo- yeah, I've seen people go on really, really torn and and basically done it, but they were to being s- to stop. So, well, because they've had to to go back. They've to had work, to because of had this, to go this to company college, or that company. Or, yeah, they've had to to go back to their office, or they've had to to travel, or they've had to, you know, for all of these other reasons, or they've had to because they are sick of the questions. Yeah. And you know, one girl I know of as as an actress and she literally got it because she was sick of being treated that way being treated like an anti-vaxxer yeah you know and that's the thing that drives me mad about it and so yeah so it happened to me this week with uh, a situation where the person was telling me that I needed to get it or I wasn't going to be able to do this thing and I stood my ground. I said, yeah. I don't, I'm not going, I, that's a very inappropriate, con- because they were saying not only you have to get it, but why don't you want, why don't you want this? And also it was said to you, do the right thing. Do I the right you thing. Will do the right I hope thing. you're going to do the right thing. And my point was, that's not an appropriate conversation. It's not okay for you to ask me my reasons. If you must know, here's why I feel this way. Yeah. X, Y, Z. Uh, and I'm not doing it. And they went back on it. Yeah. They, they backed down and they said, okay, you don't need it. You know, I was just curious just why you didn't want it. Um, CDC, other guidelines. And I said, look, I will follow the CDC guidelines yeah. and you can kiss my ass. I'm not doing it. Yes. And I'm not going to be bullied into doing it. Yeah, I'm not going to be bullied into it. I'm not going to be peer pressured into something that's my choice for my body. Yeah, I'll do it when I feel confident in it and not before then. The nerve. <laughs> Sir, the nerve of some people. So it started like that for you. Yeah. Which was... is a bit of a spicy way to start the whole thing. Yeah. So you moved past that. It was taken back. Yeah. You were able to go while practicing CDC guidelines. Yes. So you get there. You arrive. You get You're there. standing in the field, unvaccinated, raw. <laughs> Dangerous. 
in a field, a valley between two <laughs> large mountains, holding my lover's hand in a field as my dad's helicopter comes down. Waving. Waving, only to be told, your dad didn't know you were coming. Oh. So he gets out the copter <laughs> and what happens? Oh, he was so happy. Oh, good. He was so happy. He gave me the biggest hug and, and met Will for the first time. Uh, how did, So how was that? It was great. They had spoken on the phone back in June because Will called my dad to ask his permission to marry me. Yeah. He, he called three of my dads. Yeah. Okay, guys, I have a very strange life. I have two dads and then Smokey. I don't know if you've heard me talk about Smokey, but Smokey is my dad's bodyguard. Yeah. Smokey is my third father. Jim, my Jim dad, I call him, is my stepdad. He's the love of my life, my, yeah. my gym dad. And then my dad. So Will had his work cut out for him. Yeah, he does. Well. <laughs> he called all three of them, which was so sweet of him to call Smokey. Yeah, really, really. so cool. sweet. So anyway, they had spoken on the phone. My dad gave him a very, like, godfather kind of talk where he was like, well, how are you going to support my my daughter? And, you know, like, what are you going to do that. about this? And what are you going to do about I that? I love that It energy. was so different from my gym dad's conversation with him. My gym dad was like, she's the most beautiful thing in the world. Have you ever seen her without makeup? When, she was, when she was two years old. She grabbed my leg and looked up at me, and I was just fell in love with her, and I knew I had to marry her mom. <laughs> like, she is my... Whereas your dad's... Where, like, and then my dad was, like, giving him, you. I'll fucking kill you. I love that energy. <laughs> Obsessed. So... That's how I'm going to be as a parent. <laughs> so funny. I'm going to answer the door with a gun. My dad had the best time for himself on that phone call. He uh, he loved it. He was like playing this role. The drama. I could tell yeah. he loved it so much. And Will's a musician. My dad's a musician. So he was like giving him a hard time about that. And Will really stood up to him. Good. I was so impressed. Will was like, well, you know, uh, all due respect, sir, but blah, 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 blah. I would just like throw it back at him. So I think they got along before they ever met. And so, yeah, they met in the field next to this freaking helicopter in the middle of the ocean. It was hilarious. And we spent a couple days together and had some really good talks. And you, the three of you had to sleep in a... And we had to sleep. I didn't know what to expect. So we were told to bring... <laughs> Sleeping bags and pillows. Yeah. And I don't do well with spiders, but Will really doesn't do well with spiders. Luckily, they put us in this house that was like an adobe. Okay. We were actually, we had a room. but had a we, dwelling. Yeah, we had a dwelling with a bathroom. We thought we were going to have to be in like a, a tent type spunk yeah. thing. And yeah, we were right next to my dad and we had really thin walls and... My dad and I always practice the music the night before. Like we have dinner and then we'll practice the music before we go to bed. And then we practice again in the morning. Yeah. And my dad and I practiced and he played me some new songs that he's recording. He wrote a really great song during quarantine called Shit Happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really good. And he played me that. And it was so sweet. He gets so excited to show me his music and his Aww. face lights up. And he's like looking at me to see what my reaction is. And anytime we do music together, it's so healing. And it just feels like all is right in the world. It's yeah. just everything else goes away. 
You guys can connect. And we can just in a pure smile way, yeah. and laugh. And I posted a picture on my Instagram. If everybody wants to go look at it of my dad and I playing together. And someone captured this moment where we're both just beaming. Yeah. And it means I the love world that to me. Photo. I love that photo. I've never seen you smile like that. So it was really interesting to, to see that photo. I showed it to Sarah and I was like, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. And then at like <laughs> 5, 4.30 in the morning, my dad starts playing the piano in his room. <laughs> Will and I like wake up wide awake. I'm like, God damn it. He doesn't know the walls are so thin. Aww. So he plays for like two hours and Will was so mad. But then... It's <laughs> quite a nice way to wake up. Yeah, we just... Um, it was very healing. It was bittersweet in some ways because we don't speak very often. That's just the nature of our relationship. And I know that's not going to change. Yeah. So it was almost like spending time with a ghost. Wow, oh, yeah. Is how it felt. Because it was nice to have the talks. And he's always so just hugging me and grabbing me and has got a hand on me or something. He's so sweet with me. But doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. So it's like dealing with the shadow. Out of sight, out of mind with him. Yeah. Do you think he does that because he has to to almost survive? (sighs) Does he have anyone close to him except for his wife? Is anyone else super close? No. So it is. if you're there, he's locked in. If you're there, he's locked in. If you push yourself in and make yourself there, yeah. you're there. You have to fight to, you, to get in. You have to fight to get in and you have to fight. For your place for to your stay place. there. Okay. And that's what I had to stop myself from yeah, a thousand exhausting. times. It can't be done. Because I would start to, to do it. And no. I go, no, no. No. We, we're not doing that. Thank no. you. Well, what did I say to you in the pep talk? I said, don't, no acting, no selling, no persuading. And it was after, it was right off of the conversation that we had where you said, I don't like how I sound in the podcast that we did. Mm -hmm. And I said, have you considered that you're perfect just the way you are? Yeah. So go to him with no acting, no selling, no pretending, Mm -hmm. no trying, with the mindset of all is, in its imperfection, all is perfect. I am perfect. Mm -hmm. He is perfect. Yeah, it really helped, Annabelle. It really did. And at the end of the trip, I just hugged him and told him I loved him. And and I felt strong. Good. And I felt good. I felt proud of myself. And I felt good. powerful as I walked away. I love that. And I felt happy. He said, I've never seen you so happy. I'm thrilled. You just, you're beaming. He said, I'm so happy that you found a true partner. I love Will. He kept saying over Aww. and over that he loved him. He said, I'm so, you know, I'm so happy that you're happy and you've just never looked better. You've never been happier and, and I love you. And I said, okay, dad, you know, that's so nice. See you soon. (laughs) And that's it. There's, 
we talk about this on this show in a lot of different ways about not being able to save your parent, not being, it's not your job to fix your parent and you don't need to convince anyone that they need to love you. Yeah. And I walked away feeling really good about that. I love that for you. That's such a positive experience because it's so, and you know, historically it's been very dicey every time you go to see your dad, it's, it can come out one way, it can come out the other. But yeah. now you know that if you hold those boundaries and you go in with the all is perfect mentality mm-hmm. and stop yourself from that reflex that you have, mm-hmm. you can walk away feeling, Convincing. oh, instead oh, of some kind of chipped away at version of yourself. Exactly. Trying to be something that you're just not. Exactly. And... You know, trying to make your dad like you or love you is like shooting into the dark. It's, yeah. it's just not going to do anything but make you feel like crap. He does love me. He loves you <laughs> in his way. Yeah. He's rubbish okay. at, at being the dad that you want him to be. He can't do it. So it's up to you to let go of that. It is. And in general, we use my I use my dad to discuss these things because that's who I've had these issues with in my life. All of you listening have someone in your life that this applies with. It's like, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, you're just, it's just knowing. Your- oh yeah. I was, I know what I was going to say. Just knowing that you are whole, you're not missing anything. You don't need to grovel. You don't need to over explain. You don't need to convince it's- the people who love you, love you no matter what. Nothing's going to change that. You don't have to fix anything. You don't have to try. It's there for you. I mean, they might not like you all the time. No, I hate you sometimes. Oh, my God. (laughs) But we love each other. I've never hated you. Nothing you could do could make me... Nothing you could do. You. Da, 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 I love you. No, I don't mean that, you psycho. I've never hated you. I've never hated you. Get over it. Scared me. So it was a big week. I feel really great. I'm super excited about this television project I've been working on. So the reason that you have. You, uh, that's why we went quiet there because she just caught a glimpse of herself and my dad's gold record my hair is all teased up it looks really good you look like jackie kennedy or something yes and that's why you look demented is because you've got camera makeup on you're not not just walking around los angeles with this yeah but this character was really fun oh my god it would be so fun to do this show she talked a mile a minute so the notes that they gave me in working on it back and forth were abfab. Oh, amazing. So it's abfab for kids. Uh, it's based on... I mean, on where a, I'm from, abfab was for kids. What's for kids, right? <laughs> I was... It's pretty spicy. Uh, Very spicy. Content. But in England, everyone... <laughs> we all watched, Yeah, we all watched it. It's like... It was like a family show. Yeah, well, luckily I've watched every single episode of abfab like a hundred times. So that really made sense to me. And... Also, I mean, we try not to talk about acting too much on this show because not everybody can relate, but just a little insider, uh, what they were doing on AbFab 
And if you've never watched it, do yourself a favor and go watch it on whatever, Amazon. So, Absolutely fabulous is what it's called. It's an English show and it's so... It's genius. I mean it. Written by Jennifer Saunders, who also stars in it. It's Jennifer Saunders, Joanna Lumley. Yeah. And you take it for granted, but in working on this material this week, what they are doing is so hard. They're talking a mile a yeah. minute and it's a lot of dialogue. Exhausting. Exhausting. Were they ever like, improvising on Abfab? That's a good question. It seems like it they were. It feels like it was. It seems sometimes. like they were, especially because Jennifer Saunders wrote it, mm-hmm. writes the episodes, and she's also starring in it. Of course, they would be throwing in their own stuff. Yeah. They're just genius. And I got a whole new respect for what they do because you don't realize how hard that is until you try to go do it. So this character I just played was talking a mile a minute and she's all sing-songy like this and she's blah, 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 blah. And she's not really listening to what the other characters are saying and she's just talking over you and then she's out, okay, blah, 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 blah. And she's out and it was like two minutes of that and my notes over and over like speed it up more, 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 more. And so by the time I had this call back today, it was like, Beyond a level of anything that was where it had started at all. But then it seems like it was big. And then... But then if you watch AbFab, yeah. it seems like normal. So it translates really well Can to the screen. Can you imagine how... I mean, yeah, obviously, yes, because you've just done this thing. But how chaotic it feels to do a role like that. And then you watch it back and it makes sense. It makes you know, sense. When, it, when I was young, I used to do theater. And yeah. So everything is so much bigger, so much louder, yeah. so much more dramatic because you have to reach the back of the Yeah, house. you have to reach the very last seat. And so it feels crazy what you're doing. Exactly. But it makes sense. It makes sense. And, I, and I also got a new appreciation for that, for like a Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. Or a Chris Farley. Or a Kristen Wiig. These mm. people that God, she's so great. are so... They have these rubber faces and they are going for it at a level That's where... such a good expression. Where... <laughs> a rubber face. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that this show won't work out for me is if they're looking for someone with more of a rubber face. I gave it yeah. all I could, but this this need this is a very big character and there were so many lines i drilled lines for like five hours yesterday yeah i made will drill with me and i'm trying this new thing that jay shetty talks about Mm -hmm. where you work 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 for like 20 minutes and then you rest for five minutes yeah yeah, I really believe in that. And then you work for 20 minutes. Ryan used to do that. And you rest your for brain him, for five minutes. it was an hour minutes. and then he would take a lap around and then go back to work. For yeah. And take a lap around. It's so much more efficient. And it really worked for me yesterday. So I would set my timer and say, okay, Will, you're going to drill lines with me. And Will drilling lines is really cute because he's not, he's like, he's never yeah. known an actor before. <laughs> he did really well. But it had to be really, really quick. Yeah. And... And, and I did that for, for so long last night so that when I got in front of that camera today, I could do the work Second and not nature. be, yeah. and, and it, it worked. It was flawless. It was just so much fun. And then you can have fun with it and then you can yeah. explore it. And that's what I was so impressed with when I was watching AbFab. I was watching Jennifer Saunders speak this dialogue and she was so in present time and she was so in her character and it's just rattling out of her mm. mouth you just don't know you just don't know how hard that really is you can look at these people and think oh god why are they getting paid so much money or whatever you can talk shit about actors who look like they're doing nothing 
doing something. Not easy. It yeah. is not easy. The years of training it takes to get to that level where that's easy. Yeah. Is this... I love that. I love that you've had like a new experience. I did. And I've been theater trained for, yeah. for the last 10 years. I've been doing Shakespeare plays. And everything is cumulative in our lives, right? So an experience you had six years ago, you'll call on it today and you'll go, oh, that's why that happened. It's helping me today. If I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have been prepared to do my work here mm -hmm. or have this conversation mm -hmm. with this person here. And luckily I had done one of my Shakespeare plays, um, Comedy of Errors, was this, was, it was basically yeah. you were speeding the dialogue and it was so, everything was this and it was blah, 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 blah. And you would memorize it basically as a long monologue because other characters yeah. interjecting with you. But really it needed to be one con unbroken consciousness. Yeah, scene, so yeah. that's what this became today. And I thought, look at that. If I hadn't have done comedy of mm -hmm. errors you and spent six months on that play, yeah. drilling those lines within an inch of my life, yeah. this would have been difficult. It would have been really hard. Now this is a television show and that's yeah. a Shakespeare play. And that's why theater training pays off. Yeah, I think, I mean, all my friends who are actors have all done theater training. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine being an actor and not doing theater training. I know. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. What did you train for? What? Well, there's, there's, I mean, I would say at least half of Hollywood, half of the, half of the working actors in Hollywood have not done theater training. Now it's one thing people you see on a television imagine. show. It must be cultural as well in England. I feel like everyone. It is cultural. Theater. It is cultural. And it's England. And the next best thing is New York, yeah. California, embarrassing. They don't, they don't value yeah, theater training no here. Theater they really are well. now more because the, the industry has changed and they really are impressed by theater training now mm. but it didn't used to be like that it gives you a depth of experience and it gives you yeah. so much more range and so much more understanding it of, does you know your physicality and stuff i think when you're when you have to do theater it's because very we said physical you have to reach the back of the house but also it's depending on how you're doing it. are you doing theater in the round mm -hmm. what shape is the room all of those things how the set is how you're moving it's not just as though with yeah. camera work where it's, this is a set it's immovable yeah you're kind of part of the set in theater yeah you have a whole you, world around you that you can you explore have to be conscious of where how everyone's seeing exactly it and, and where everything. your voice is being carried and i think that that's probably so valuable as as an actor it really is i felt it today so much and it's so different than television the training is the same. You don't have to train for one or the other, but you need to understand the different mediums because like I did Criminal Minds mm -hmm. and Joe Montaigne directed my episode and starred in it also. And he comes from theater. Yeah. But when I got on set and I was playing the cop, the, the, the speaking is at this level, you're whispering and it feels like you're whispering. Again, it's the opposite of what we're saying yeah. where it feels weird to be big. It felt so strange to be down here and be whispering. But when you see it on the screen, you go, holy shit, that works. Yeah. That works. Yeah. And so it takes a lot of imagination. That's the actor's job is that imagination. You have to imagine the world that's going to be yeah. built yeah, around yeah, yeah, yeah. you. Because when you audition for it, you're in your living room or yeah. an office with white walls, but you have to pretend like a dinosaur is chasing well, because you. because that's how they're seeing it. The people who are hiring you are imagining that too. 
Well, they have to be able. <laughs> they don't really have imaginations that much. <laughs> they have to see, be able to see you in that. Yeah, contact. That's right, and so you have to be able to see you in that world, and, and that's why that you believe it. Being be, an you actor, believe is, that you can be there. Yeah, that you belong there. It's being you. a lifelong kid. It's interesting that you just said about the callback thing because it made me think about a conversation I had this week with a friend about therapy and how. this friend of mine dots around therapists Mm. and dots around people. So she gets to a point and then the drawbridge goes up Mm. and then I'm moving on. That's a defense mechanism. And she does it with friends as well. And she's afraid that if people get into a deep enough level, they'll leave her. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't, you can can identify with Mm -hmm. that. So if you, that's what it is. And I, asked her questions because I didn't want to sit there and say well this is ridiculous you need to stay in therapy and here's why you need to be with this person and do my were you mother henning mother henning thing (laughs) so I stopped myself in the way that you did with your dad yeah and I said no and I began to ask questions why do you could you tell me why you feel that maybe you do that well and then Everything she said gave me the opportunity to ask another question. And by the end of the chat, I had been able to get my point across without henpecking, Mm. without scolding, without mothering. Because you were asking questions. I allowed her to answer her shit herself. And the callback thing, the reason why that's relevant is because I... the question asking allowed her to say, well, you know, I didn't have to explain to this last therapist about anything to do with this one situation because she had known me before the situation. And I said, so you do see value in keeping Mm. a therapist on who knows your backstory? And she went, yeah, I guess I suppose I do. I should call her. I'm going to go. I said, why don't you just go once a month or whatever? Hmm. And what you just said made me think of that because it's such a thing actually in so many walks of life that is a a relevant thing about laying down the groundwork for something, practicing as I did with Ryan's wedding ring. I imagined how it would feel in my hand. I imagined running it across my lips. I imagined how it was going to look on my side table where I keep it next to my bed. Mm. You did the Shakespeare, so you were ready to play Mm -hmm. that role. Mm -hmm. I held the ring, so I was ready to see the ring. Mm. Yeah. She put the time in, even though it went against her wanting to pull the drawbridge up. So she's now able to go back and she doesn't have to explain a thing. Yeah, you get these things inside of you. So that they're Planting there. Seeds. You're, you're, these are the so you can draw from them when you need to. Of your life. Yeah. And it's I love that. The seeds of your life. Those you know how we were talking last week about nesting and I said I've realized from this conversation I need to nest outside. Yeah. But I also now need to start nesting inside. Yeah. And what I've just said about the seeds is kind of connecting to that for me. Mm. Is that sure some of the seeds from before the crash have Unfortunately, the soil is no longer viable. Mm. But some of the stuff's still there. Some of the... Yeah, it's some not of a the, total loss. No, some of the life is still there. 
And some of those seeds are still there and some of them haven't come through yet, but they were there before. And I think that that's such a valuable lesson for me from a emotional standpoint, you saying from your work perspective, but also with your dad. Yeah. These two things are interlinked. The fact that you had this realization about your acting in tandem with the realization about the podcast, which led you to behave differently with your dad, which mm-hmm. led us to have the conversation where I said to you, you are perfect, all is perfect. No accidents. These are all seeds from before. Yeah. Yeah. And it took you really having to turn to them over that weekend. Yes. You're never going to have to work that hard Mm -hmm. again on that. That was your first yeah yeah <laughs> that was your first crop uh-huh. from, from that I feel like tree I need to crop. yeah from that tree that was your first crop and that little seed has been waiting to break through mm. with you and your dad all of this time and you've fucking done it yeah so well done you thank you it's been a powerful week <sighs> that's all i want to talk about i just wanted to go you about your illuminati Jesus, I don't want to end this. I don't want to end this recording because she's gonna go. She's never gonna stop. Any questions for you? All right. Well, you guys, I gotta go because I have to go answer her questions. But we love you. We'll see you next time. Love you. Bye. Wheels on fire.